Good evening and welcome to episode 78 of Mystery, Murder, and Mayhem. Tonight's episode tells the tale of how a man was in love with a woman and remained in love with her until long after she had passed away. This isn't your everyday ordinary love story. Stick around. It's Monday, and that means it's time for a new episode of Mystery, Murder, and Magic. And here's your host. Andrea Lee and sometimes Alex. Y'all, as, as that intro music was rolling just now, I thought about how I made a mistake on Friday night and I played the wrong intro music. But anyway, um, I don't know what made me think of it at that particular moment. But anyway, that's just how my, my mind rolls. But anyway, um, so... Like I mentioned, this isn't an ordinary love story. It's not the feel-good, mushy con where the guy gets the girl in the end and they live happily ever after. Y'all know there's no glass slippers that has been left behind. No true love's kiss to wake up to sleep in France. There's nothing like this. This one is a bit morbid, okay? So I'm telling y'all now. There was this guy and he's the guy in our story his name is or was Carl Tanzler and Carl was born in Germany in 1877 now there's not a whole lot that's known about his early years or about his parents but we do know that he did have a sister and that's as much as we know about his childhood now as far as we know it was a somewhat normal childhood but later on in life he did mention that when he was a very young kid a deceased relative visited him and when this relative visited him she revealed to him a dark-haired girl and Carl understood this girl to be his one true love well when Carl was growing up he was quite the impressive guy he exuded this confident energy and this confidence was often used to get his way into like situations or opportunities that he wouldn't have had otherwise. So, you know, um, what I'm saying is that he often fudged it a little bit, okay? Um, what I'm saying is he lied. But anyway, he had this confidence, though, that people didn't realize that he wasn't being truthful about what he was saying and that noise you're hearing in the background is my ice maker dropping ice because it's too hot to not have ice in the freezer but anyway um at like one time he said that he held nine nine advanced college degrees nine of them and people believed him like nobody batted an eye they just believed him 
he was just that confident but for some reason i get this like televangelist confidence coming from this guy like those kind of vibes and i didn't even know him okay but just reading about him made me feel like i bet he would have been a good televangelist but anyway carl loved to travel and as it so happens he was in australia when world war one broke out well like i said he was a german citizen and because of that carl was thrown into a concentration camp and you would think that once the war was over he would be allowed to return to his home country but the government wouldn't allow that so instead he was sent to the netherlands this wasn't necessarily a bad thing for carl because like i said you know he liked to travel now i'm not sure if it was there or after he came back home because there was a lot of conflict and information on this so you just kind of have to sort through it uh wade through it but anyway at some point after he was released into the netherlands he met a woman her name was dora schaefer and she wasn't the love of his life but uh, i guess at some point you know they were in love and the two got married and had two daughters together but doris wasn't very happy in that marriage because carl traveled a lot and they kind of you know split and went their separate ways for a little while well about that time he was 49 years old and he decided to immigrate to the united states without any of his family how about that well to get to the u.s he traveled through cuba and from cuba he went to the u.s and settled in zephyr hills florida if you've never been there it's, it's a nice little area but um once he was in zephyr hills his family joined him there but it wouldn't be long until he just kind of relocated again without his family again and this time it was in the uh, the keys he was in key west florida and it seems like papa carl was kind of a rolling stone huh well, anyway, Carl found work in Key West as a radiological technician at a marine hospital there. And he wasn't very well liked by his co-workers because he was somewhat cocky. He was somewhat egotistical and very highly opinionated, but he was very good at his job. And that was something hard to find in those days. So they just, you know, they just decided they was going to deal with him. Well, in 1930, a woman named Aurora de Hoyas brought her 20-year-old daughter, Maria Elena Milagros de Hoyos, to the hospital that Carl was working at. And it seems that Elena, she was quite ill, and after some tests, it was determined that she was suffering with tuberculosis. And at that time, that was basically a death sentence for the one afflicted with it. Well, Carl just happened to be working that day, and when he saw Elena, he knew that this is the one that had been revealed to him as his one true love all those years ago when that deceased relative visited him. Well, in a split second, he determined that it was his destiny to save Elena's life. And he was so determined to save Elena's life that he convinced his bosses to let him administer his own experimental treatment on Elena to try and keep her alive or to try to save her well y'all keep in mind right here too that carl wasn't even a doctor
And get this, they let him. Those bosses at the hospital let him. So what he did was treat her with elixirs that were made up of herbs and that type of thing. And another treatment that he tried was quite painful for Elena. Now, this treatment involved attaching electrodes to her because he thought that charging her oxygen electro electrons with the electrodes, he could possibly cure her. He also borrowed, and you can't see the air quotes around borrowed, but he borrowed an x-ray machine from the hospital and he set it up in Elena's family's home. Not only was he trying to save her life, but he was trying to woo her at the same time. Because like I said, he was convinced this was the true love that had been revealed to him when he was a little or a young kid. And so he'd buy her like these expensive gifts, but she wasn't too impressed. Or maybe it was just that she was so sick from the TB that she just couldn't muster up the strength to reciprocate those feelings. And plus, one thing about Elena was she was just coming out of a marriage that had ended because her husband had abandoned her after she miscarried their baby. So she had a lot going on, but Carl, he wasn't put off by any of that. And he continued to confess his undying love for Elena, and he was hopelessly devoted to her. And you know, her family had to think, he was some kind of wackadoodle. He's like, what's going on here? But they wanted their daughter to get better, so I'm sure they didn't know what to do at that point, and they just kind of went along with what was happening. Well, y'all, as hard as he tried to save her, all of his efforts were basically in vain. 18 months after Elena had been taken to the hospital by her mom, she passed away. Well, Carl insisted on paying for her funeral, and he hired a mortician to embalm her. Not only did he pay for all that, he also convinced her family to let him pay for a very expensive, this big, beautiful stone mausoleum. And once she was laid to rest in that mausoleum, the family thought, okay, you know, or I'm sure they probably thought, okay, we can put this weird experience behind us. Well, not meaning they could get over the death of their child, not at all. But um, I'm talking about Carl's weird behavior. Well... They couldn't be more wrong. I mean, so freaking wrong. It got even stranger after she died. And it just so happened that Carl was the only one to have a key to Elena's mausoleum. And he would visit her corpse quite often. And it was often said he would visit the crypt every night after, we, after he'd get off of work for two years that went on. And he'd often leave her little gifts. And at one point, he even had a telephone installed in the tomb. It wasn't long until the locals were noticing just how often he was visiting that, that grave. Many times as he sat by her grave, he'd often like serenade her with his favorite Spanish song. But you know how it is when people start noticing things. The gossip mills start putting out their thoughts, you know, spreading their knowledge or their embellished knowledge. But anyway... The hospital soon started noticing too that Carl was just like over the top, okay? And they probably were like, we can handle strange, but this is downright creepy. So they let him go. They fired him. And those nightly visits came to a screeching halt and people probably thought, okay, well, you know, he's moved on. Well, no, there was no moving on with Carl. You know, 
At this point, Carl used a little kid's wagon, you know, like little red radio flyer wagons, and he moved Elena's body from the mausoleum to his house. Yes, you heard me correctly. And what he did to her once he brought to the house brought her to the house is even more bizarre. He used wire code hangers and other types of wire to make her skeleton stronger and retain its shape. He replaced her eyes with glass eyes. He repaired her decaying face and any other skin that decayed with a mixture of plaster of Paris and this waxed fabric. He filled her body cavities with rags so that it retained its shape too. Like, so it was like the shape she had when she was alive. And he collected the hair from her head as it fell out and also had some hair that her mom had given him and made a wig from it. I mean, this guy had everything all thought out because, you know, he was preserving his one true love. Well, you would think the smell would be enough to make him put her back in the mausoleum, but he used disinfectant and formaldehyde perfumes and like flowers to cover the odors. And y'all, he would even change his clo her clothes and either use stuff that he already had on hand or he would he was seen buying brand new clothes um, for her. I mean, are y'all saying WTF yet? Well, if you haven't yet, there's there's more that's going to make you say it. He placed her body on his bed. And yes, he slept with her in his bed. And it was medically proven that necrophilia had taken place. Now, I should also mention here that other sources say that there's no proof of that. But Carl had placed a paper tube between her legs to be used as makeshift lady parts okay and y'all this behavior went on for seven years he had her remains in his house for seven years and her family had no idea that she wasn't in that mausoleum because carl had the only key and if he had thought all of this and you know if he had thought all of it all gosh i'm tripping on my own words i'm sure that he would have thought through enough to make sure he locked the door behind him i'm pretty sure he did you know just so they couldn't get in and see that the body was gone well rumors were continuing to circulate during those seven years and some people have said that they saw carl dancing his in his home with this giant doll well i mean we all know it wasn't a doll it was elena's body and another rumor that was going around was that he was building his own airplane and he was going to fly it himself to take Elena into the stratosphere to rejuvenate her. Because he thought that the radiation from outer space could like enter into her tissues and restore life to her. Well, finally, Elena's sister, Florinda, decided to pay Carl because she'd been hearing the rumors too. And Carl showed Florinda Elena's body. Can you imagine what sh that would have been like? You thought your sister was like still where she was laid to rest, and then this guy showing you her body. Well, she went straight to the authorities, and she told them what she had seen. Carl was arrested on charges of desecrating a grave, 
and removing a body without authorization. And when it went to trial, it was quite the media sensation. He was given a mental evaluation and he was actually found fit to stand trial. And through the trial, he had this attitude that he had done nothing wrong. It was like all perfectly normal. And while he was on the stand, y'all, he again declared his undying love for Elena. He even confirmed that he was building that airplane when he was questioned about it. Told everyone in the courtroom that the name of the airplane was Elena's airship. But why it even went to trial to begin with is just beyond me because the case had to be dropped because the statute of limitations had expired on it. So basically this mad doctor or wannabe doctor did all this bizarre stuff and he got away with it. That's not even remotely close to giving Elena's family any type of justice. And you would think that with it being known that what he did or what he had done for all those years with Elena's body, the public would just be outraged or appalled. But the truth is, they felt pity for him. And they viewed him as a lonely eccentric and felt sympathy for him. If it had happened now, like these days, social media comments would be crucifying him. I mean, that's just the social media comments. But anyway, there's even more to this, y'all. After the trial, a funeral parlor put Elena's body on display and uh, they charged the morbidly curious a dollar to gawk at her. And it's been said that somewhere around 7,000 curious souls filed past Elena while on display. Well, maybe this should have been what a what the Friday episode because uh, this has been full of WTF moments. But anyway, after that sideshow, her family buried her in an unmarked grave so that she could finally rest in peace. And what happened to that mad doctor? He basically went into hiding and no one knew where he was until he passed away in July of 1952. And the odd thing is, his remains weren't found for three weeks after he had died. And another source said it was three days after he died. Like I said, there's a lot of conflict and um, information. But among his earthly possessions, they found a life-size doll that was a replica of Elena. So this guy was still obsessed with Elena right up until the time that he he died sorry goodness until he died the story's got me choked up again and his obsession was to the extreme and i only found out or i only found the one instance of where it was said that she would call to him after she died to take her out of the mausoleum but i thought yeah I, i did find in one article that i was reading about this that she would call to him from the grave to come take her out of that grave but like i said i couldn't find a whole lot more on that but yeah this is one of those weird things that back in the 80s we used to say things that make you go hmm well that's one of them well y'all anyway that's all i've got for tonight i'm gonna finish this ice and get my turkey roasting and that's it for the night so Y'all have a good day or night, and y'all come back on Friday night for What the Friday.